RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The government is urged to discuss so-called vaccine passports with selected countries so people can travel again. Experts warn that BioNTech is the only one out of three viruses, vaccines procured by the SAR that's effective against variants of the virus. And a construction worker gets a 13-month jail sentence on review for inciting others to besiege a police detention centre. The number of new coronavirus infections in Hong Kong has continued to fall, with authorities reporting 10 cases today. Officials say they hope the decline in the number of cases linked to a gym in Sayangpun means the outbreak there has been brought under control. Meanwhile, the government has been urged to reach out to countries like Japan and South Korea to introduce so-called vaccine passports to make travel easier and allow people to be exempt from quarantine. Damon Pang has more. Infectious disease expert Dr. Ho Pak Leung from the University of Hong Kong believes these vaccine passports would encourage more people to take the jabs. Dr. Ho said a mutually recognised travel certificate would confirm whether people have been vaccinated and holders could be exempt from quarantine when travelling to and returning from their holiday destinations. He told a radio programme that the infection rates of Japan and South Korea are similar to that of the SAR at the moment and he urged the government to start discussions with those countries. Hong Kong people love travelling to Japan, South Korea and Taiwan. Travellers could be considered to have enough immunity against the coronavirus two weeks after they get two doses of the vaccine, he said. The travel industry, meanwhile, believes it could help the trade battered by the pandemic. The chairman of the Travel Industry Council, Jason Wong, agrees that a vaccine passport would give an incentive for people to be inoculated. With those vaccine passports, perhaps might help to regain the confidence of those countries to welcome travellers again. And infectious disease experts have warned that of the three coronavirus vaccines Hong Kong has procured so far, only BioNTech has proven effective against variants of the virus that have been emerging. The government, and it says they say the government may need to reconsider purchasing the AstraZeneca product. Two expert committees under the Center for Health Protection concluded after reviewing publicly available data that the BioNTech product is effective against the UK and Brazil variants of the coronavirus but less effective against the South African variant. They said the AstraZeneca vaccine, which isn't expected to arrive in Hong Kong until the later part of this year, didn't work against the South African variant. They said there wasn't enough information available to draw any conclusions on the efficacy of the Sinovac jab. And Joanna Wong with that report. Meanwhile, another expert warns that people shouldn't let their guard down after they receive their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine because it wouldn't have generated enough protection. Joseph Tsang from the Medical Association says people have to receive both doses as required before they can generate enough antibodies to protect them. It is crucial that we receive the second dose because we need to reawaken our immune system to create more antibodies so that they can reach a high enough level that can last a long time. I would like to appeal to people not to lower their guard after receiving the first dose and think they can hang out with friends and engage in all sorts of social activities and forget about personal hygiene. And Mr Chow has declined to confirm reports that two Canadians detained on the mainland are to go on trial tomorrow and Monday, saying only that the hearings are not linked to the Alaska talks. The suspects have been detained for more than two years on espionage allegations. Mike Weeks has the details. 
The Canadian government has asked to attend the trials and demanded immediate consular access to businessman Michael Spavor and former diplomat Michael Kovrig. They are to be tried tomorrow and Monday, respectively, on espionage charges. They were detained in 2018 in what the West sees as an apparent retaliation for the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou in Vancouver on fraud charges. Canada's Foreign Minister Mark Garneau expressed concern about the trials and renewed objections to what he called arbitrary detentions and a lack of transparency surrounding the proceedings. The Foreign Ministry says Beijing won't make any concessions to the United States on key issues, including Xinjiang and Hong Kong, ahead of high-level meetings between top diplomats from both sides in Alaska. At a press briefing, Zhao Lijian said China has no room for compromise on issues concerning its sovereignty, security and its core interests. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. A construction worker has been given a 13-month jail sentence by the High Court for inciting others to besiege a police detention centre in 2019 after the Department of Justice won a sentencing review. Violet Wong has more. The defendant, Poon Yong-wai, who stopped Kim Jong-un on social media, was originally given a community service order of 160 hours for urging people in a Facebook group to rescue protesters who he said were being sexually assaulted by the police at the San Oakland detention facility. Prosecutors said a lower court did not fully consider that the 37-year-old referred to snatching arrestees from the police and his remarks online could have incited many people to act, noting that there were up to 20,000 users in the Facebook group. They added that Poon displayed hatred against the force by fabricating rape allegations and by lying that one of his classmates was a black cop in order to lend credibility to his claims. The High Court said a custodial sentence was warranted, considering the potential risk Poon had posed to public order and how he attacked law enforcement officers. Justice Jeremy Poon said the starting point for sentencing was 15 months. He deducted two months as the defendant had already completed a quarter of his community service order. The mainland's Global Times says an Oscar-nominated documentary about the Hong Kong protests shouldn't win an award because it lacks artistry and is full of biased political stances. The state-run tabloid warns that the Oscars now risk hurting the feelings of mainland people. Vicky Wong has details. An article in the paper cites Chinese film industry observers as saying Do Not Split should not be a documentary because it was filmed from the perspective of Hong Kong protesters and does not show the full picture of the movement. One person is quoted as saying the documentary was faked, while the article also claims that many mainlanders find it ironic to see a filmmaker talking about basic human rights when he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. The Global Times says people in the industry fear the Oscars are being turned into a political tool and this will hurt Chinese people's feelings and possibly lead to heavy losses in the Chinese film market. The article follows reports that Beijing has ordered mainland broadcasters not to transmit live coverage of the Oscars because Do Not Split is up for an award. But the documentary's director, Anders Hammer, doesn't seem to be too bothered about Beijing's reaction. On social media, he says he's happy to draw attention to what he describes as the critical situation in Hong Kong. The award ceremony, which has been delayed because of the pandemic, is expected to take place on April the 26th. The chairman of the Hong Kong Taxi and Public Light Bus Association says he expects the government to approve fare increases for the trade now that it's given the green light for franchise buses to put up their prices. Timmy Sung reports. 
The association's Chao Kuo Kung says the government has dragged its feet on the issue of taxi fare increases for far too long, as applications were submitted around four years ago, but were put on hold because of the social unrest in 2019 and the pandemic. The trade wants to increase the flag for rates by $6 for urban and new territories taxis and 7 for those on Lantau. Mr Chow says he believes such increases will still be affordable for passengers, even if the flag fall for urban taxis goes up to $30 at proposed. He says people are sympathetic, given the difficulties the trade is encountering. Most people understand our difficulties. We have presented the evidence. The insurance premiums have gone up. Taxi firms have charged more. People are sympathetic to us, he says. Mr Chow is also calling on the government to put in place policies to encourage more young people to join the trade, saying about 5% of drivers have quit recently because of the pandemic or to retire. Police say they're looking for about six people who allegedly attacked a 28-year-old man outside Langham Place in Mongkok last night before abducting him and pushing him out of a car in Tianmun. Officers said the suspects then fled in three different vehicles, including one believed to have used a fake licence plate. Police say the man, surnamed Lao, was dumped near the Qingshan Monastery. He sought help from pedestrians and was taken to Tianmun Hospital with injuries to his head, hands and legs. The Ombudsman is launching two investigations into the regulation of paragliding activities and illegal fueling stations, Wendy Wong reports. Last year, a paraglider crashed into a vehicle when making an emergency landing on a public road, raising concern over safety. The Ombudsman, Winnie Chu, said a preliminary inquiry showed, despite the Internet showing countless advertisements for paragliding, over the past four years, the Civil Aviation Department issued just two permits to paragliding groups. And to date, no prosecution has been initiated for any offence under relevant legislation. The office also announced a probe into what it called the long-standing problem of illegal fuel filling stations. It noted that most sold Euro 5 diesel. As this was a duty-free item, oversight fell not within the ambit of the Customs and Excise Department, but with fire services. The office said public view of its control over illegal fuel station wasn't effective. Mainland authorities have summoned 11 tech companies, including Tencent, Alibaba and TikTok owner ByteDance, for talks on deep fakes and internet security as regulators try to reel in the country's digital sector. Priscilla Ng has details. The Cyberspace Administration of China says the talks relate to voice software as well as the application of deep fake technology. It also said companies should report to the government any plans to add new functions that could potentially mobilize society. Mainland authorities have in recent months taken a tough line on the country's fast-growing tech firms, with 12 companies hit with fines last week for allegedly flouting monopoly rules. They also halted a record 34 billion US dollar IPO by Alibaba fintech subsidiary Ant Group and called in its billionaire founder Jack Ma before opening an investigation into Alibaba business practices deemed anti-competitive. The latest summoning of big tech also involves companies such as smartphone maker Xiaomi, TikTok rival Kuaishou, and music streaming service NetEase Cloud Music. The administration said the aim is to ensure the firms comply with regulations, carry out safety assessments, and take effective rectification measures if potential hazards are found.
Business and Li Kaixing's uh, business empire's property arm, CK Asset, has suffered a 44% fall in profit to $16.3 billion. It says its hotel operation, aircraft leasing and pub operations were severely hit amid the pandemic. Revenue from property sales fell 40% in 2020, but the developer said its new projects have received good pre-sale responses. It expects the property market to remain stable and resilient thanks to low interest rates and strong demand. The family's C.K. Hutchison conglomerate, meanwhile, reported a 27% drop in annual profit to $29 billion. It says while both its retail and port businesses have suffered, business has been improving since the second half of last year. Its chairman, Victor Lee, said retail arm A.S. Watson was especially resilient. Especially in the second half, revenue and profit improved quite a bit. Partly because we have 139 million very loyal customer base. And our digital transformation also helped to maintain our online, offline strategy in keeping the customers' uh, loyalty with us. Maybe one point to note was that e-commerce sales growth in uh, 2020 was 90%. And uh, the first two months of 2021 is already back to 2019 level in terms of profitability. Overseas, military authorities in Myanmar say they're preparing to file corruption charges against the detained civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi. This follows a confession by a prominent businessman claiming he'd given her more than half a million US dollars. The BBC's Jonathan Hidd has more. Looking very uneasy, Umong Wake read out his allegation against Aung San Suu Kyi in a deadpan voice on state television last night. The prominent tycoon, who won a contract to build a new city on the outskirts of Yangon three years ago, said he had given four payments to Miss Suchi over a two-year period, totaling $550,000, although he said there were no witnesses to this. Coming on top of another similar allegation by the military regime last week, it is likely that the deposed leader will be charged with corruption, which, assuming she's convicted, would then exclude her from contesting the new election that the military keeps promising to hold. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has rejected the accusation by his US counterpart, Joe Biden, that he's a killer. Mr Putin said Mr Biden was projecting an image of himself. He said the United States was the only country to have used nuclear weapons against an adversary and recalled European colonizers' treatment of indigenous Americans. The lower house of the Spanish parliament has passed a bill to allow euthanasia. The legislation, backed by parties of the left and centre, comes with a raft of safeguards. Held by right-to-die campaigners, the bill was condemned by right-wing parties and the Catholic Church. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The government is urged to discuss so-called vaccine passports with selected countries so people can travel again. Experts warn that BioNTech is the only one out of three variant, uh, vaccines procured by the SAR that's effective against variants of the virus. And a construction worker gets a 13-month jail sentence on review for inciting others to besiege a police detention centre. The news from RTHK. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated.
Back to the late show. Simon Wilson with you in the hot seat all the way through till one. Looking for your request. Take us through to that time. Two double three double eight two six six is the number. Yeah, 